Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. What a performance last night from Giannis, as it's been kind of talked about throughout the day today. First of all, of course, he had that the, the big block in Game 4, and he certainly continued that his tremendous willpower and really did will this team to their first title since 1971. I mean, that's what you saw in his play, especially in the second half last night. Yeah, we had a power outage here. Oh. oh. Sorry about that. Oh, no big deal. Did you get storms out there? Had to reset. Yeah, we just had to reset everything. Hmm. So, no big deal. Well, Giannis is Hold not on. resetting, that's for sure. No, he's not. And you know what? I think it's uh, time we uh, pay a tribute to... You know, he and Middleton have stayed together for eight years. Now, Middleton was a second-round pick. He's a G League guy. Um, but – and has made himself into a really you – know, you know how much I like Middleton's game. I really do. I like Middleton's game a lot. And um, But Giannis is a little bit different. Giannis, this will not. He will not be the. He will not be the trendsetter for this. Okay, he will not be a trendsetter for this. But he is, in a lot of ways, a throwback player. Do you ever hear, let's see, let's start with this. Do you ever hear about Giannis? And no God! No God! Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Um, have you ever heard about Giannis with load management? Ever? When does, you know, now Giannis will miss games because he's banged up or hurt. 
he plays. He plays. You don't hear a lot about load management when it comes to, if anything, about load management when it comes to Giannis. You don't. He plays. Okay. Um, What about the ability to stay with the team? How about that one? You know, he he could have, you know, gone someplace else offseason. He could have taken a lot of money, but he took the deal from Milwaukee because he wanted to stay. He wanted to finish it out there. Who does that? Who in the NBA does that right now? Anybody? I mean, every time you turn around, somebody's trying to get themselves out of whatever situation they're in. He's the one guy that stays with his team, and he and Mid- I mean, he and Middleton together eight years. Which teammates are together for eight years? You have to do obviously what is best for you. There's no get it, you know, okay, I understand that. But let's be honest about it. I mean, this guy is a little bit different in terms of how he's approached it. Now, has he made his money? Yeah, he's made money. I mean there's no getting I mean he's made eighty one million dollars in the NBA. But you know what? Giannis didn't start making any money until 2018. I mean, like, you know, big money. I mean, you know what he made his rookie year? 1.7. His second year, he made 1.8. His third year, he made 1.9. His fourth year, he made a shade under $3 million. Then the big money kicked in. 22.4, 24.1, okay, 25.8. This year, it was 27.5. Next year, he's making 39. The year after, 42, 45, 48, 51 at the end. Which is, by the way, the 51 at the end is a player option. He signed a five-year, $228 million extension. He could have signed with somebody else. But he has signed two extensions with Milwaukee. A four-year deal and now a five-year deal. to stay in Milwaukee. Not to go to Los Angeles, not to go to New York, not to go to Chicago. He stayed in Milwaukee. And he plays. There's not, this is not a load management guy. So, and he was spectacular last night. Just spectacular. It was great the entire series. 30 points. I mean, in the playoffs, he had 30 points, 13 boards. Wow. He was great. Passed. Hit his free throws. He hit his free throws. Last night, which doesn't usually happen. He's not a great outside shooter. I mean, obviously. I mean, you look like I've mentioned before. And I've talked about this before. You know, I mean, he has limits to his game. 
and this is something I've talked about in past years, not not this year. I really haven't talked too much this year about his limitations in the game, but in other years I have. Uh, you know, he's he's not a complete all around, but he's a really good rebounder. He's a much better passer now. Not a great outside shooter. Hits just enough. And I thought, you watch him play, he knows how to play. He's not just out there to get his. Uh, I really, I, I really admire how he goes about his business. I really do. I, I think he is a great player who obviously has some loyalty in him. Obviously, works very hard. Oh, and by the way, shows up to work every all the time. Hmm. Interesting, interesting player these days, isn't he? And not afraid of the moment. Earth to Ben Simmons. 59% free throw shooter. Uh, not afraid. And he's 17 yeah. of 19. That um, is a massive response to the pressure. That was my biggest takeaway. It is. Um, but yeah, and he's, he's 26 now, so he's grown into that. But I mean, let's be, let's be fair. What's been the biggest criticism of Milwaukee? early exits in the playoffs. That's been their criticism. Now they can't get over the top. They need somebody else. And it's... um, And, you know, and he's part of that. I mean, he knows that. Now he's he's grown into it. You know, you look at, what, two years ago, he only shot 49% from the field in the playoffs. 54% 54% at the line. That was two years ago when they made their second deepest run. See what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to grow into it. This year, you're talking 57%. That was three-point number. He's 13 to 70 in threes. 19%. Um, but... 64% in twos. Two years ago, he only had 54% of his twos. See what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to grow into it. He grew into it. But he grew into it when he needed to, is the question. Yeah, and this year he did, yeah. Uh, again, he... he, he um, the criticism has been that he hadn't to this point. See what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to grow into it. Just you know. Uh, now, do, is Giannis a better player than Ben Simmons? Yeah, of course he is. Well, who would you rather have, Ben Simmons or Giannis? Of course you're gonna you're going to say you'd rather have Giannis. Okay. I, I mean, I'd say that in a heartbeat. But Giannis took a while in the playoffs in his career to do what he did last night. First round exit as a rookie. Okay. He shot 37%. First round exit in his second, you know, what is what, uh, what I think it was his second year was a exit. His fourth year, first round exit. He shot 54%. All right. 
and was 55% at the line, 37% before that. Then he gets to his fifth year, and he's 58.5% at the line, 57% from the field, first-round exit. See what I mean? It takes Sometimes we get enamored with, oh, in the moment, like, oh, yeah. See, he rises to the moment. Ben Simmons doesn't. Now, I again, I'm not a huge Simmons guy to begin with. And Giannis is a much better player, even though they play different positions. But it took Giannis a while to do this in his career. When they finally did advance in 19, he only had 49% of his shots. He only had 54% of his free throws. That was two years ago. You hate when I'm right. No, it's a valid point. It kills your arguments. No. You go home angry, yelling. Why is Daddy so mad, Mommy? He had a bad show. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I mean, he had not, you know, you look at the first, what, his fifth year in the league was the first time he ever got past round one. Right? Fifth, fifth year in the league, got past round one. Okay. Then he got to the Eastern Conference Final against Toronto, and guess what? He didn't play well. All right, wasn't ready yet. You know, they got two rounds in last year. Now this year they got all four rounds in. He was great every round. Overcame injury. But sometimes it's to do this stuff. you got to grow into it. And that's one of the problems that you have when you draft 19-year-olds. takes you a while. It's one of the big problems you have when you, you draft 19-year-olds. I mean, how long did it take LeBron to, to, to finally... How long did it take LeBron to win his title? Right? And what was the big knock on LeBron? The big knock on LeBron early on in his career is that he wasn't good in the playoffs. See, I remember silly things like this. (laughs) Yes, you do. Hey, let me see. LeBron, playoffs... Let's see here. We'll use the map method. No, we, okay. We'll, like I just type in LeBron stinks. I just use your method. <laughs> no? Bad? LeBron won his title one, two, three, four, five, six. His seventh year in the league. Seventh year in the league, he, he, he won a title. Okay. Um... Took him a while. Back to even further back than that. Seventh year, that seventh time in the playoffs. Let's see. So what? Twelve is when he won his first title. So that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight. His ninth year in the league, he won the. He was on a championship team. Ninth year in the league. Now he has four of them, but ninth year in the league, he won. Sometimes it takes a while, and it is, and the early playoff exits. To be honest with you, when he was at Cleveland, when he was a kid, he was okay. He wasn't great. I'm talking about playoffs. He was okay. But that's what happens when they're kids. When they're kids. I mean, okay, here's here, let me give you LeBron's averages in the playoffs. Okay, his first playoff he shot 48%, 33-3. Second playoff shot 42%, 28% and three. Okay. He then third playoff he shot 41%, 26% in threes. See what I'm saying? It just sometimes it takes a while. His first three playoffs, he shot 48, 42, 41. In threes, he shot 33, 28, 26. Because the guy has done so much, people forget all of this. They forget it. Everybody has to grow into it. Everybody. You're not magic your first year and you win again. Whoa, but it didn't hurt that he had Kareem. Same thing with Bird. Bird won his second year in the league. Bird took his team from, I don't know, 20, what, 29, 30 wins up to 60? And he was the only significant addition. Look how long it took Michael Jordan to get there. It just takes a while. Now, do I think. Ben's going to get there? I'm not sure. But logically explaining this ruins Matt's day. That's why I did it. <laughs> little Luke explaining to little Mark. Sometimes daddy comes home angry. All right, back with more in a moment. <laughs> When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. On Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Before I get to Missy Matthews, I don't know if you saw this map. Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, which is which is out now, it's a LeBron James movie, which, by the way, evidently has not had great reviews, been okay. Uh, as of right now, guess where it's not released? Where's that? China. Ah. I China wonder why. Has, has not released the movie. Interesting. Is because we go back to nearly two years ago and when Le, as how LeBron reacted Daryl Morey and his tweet about Hong Kong. And it's interesting. His movie, as of yet, has not been released in China. That's one of those you step back and, at least for the moment, say, wow, really? Hmm. All right. Well, no such issues with Missy Matthews from Steelers.com. Missy, welcome. Great to have you with us on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Hi, thanks for having me. I, I just apologize in advance. My uh, voice is a little raspy. I'm trying to fight a summer cold as we, you know, start training camp, and uh, we'll be doing a lot of live programming, so hopefully it's better soon. <laughs> It'll be fine, and thank you so much for, for giving us the time, and you'll feel better in a short period of time. Uh, going into this camp, give me a like a little three-line checklist that you're going to be watching for in the first week to 10 days? Um, ben Roethlisberger, the arm. How does, you know, how does he look throwing the ball? I'm not so concerned like everybody else of his physical physique. Uh, if Ben feels good, it's going to depend on how that arm is. Yep. I think it will be interesting to see Melvin Ingram. Uh, what are they going to do in terms of that outside linebacker depth? You know, Alex Highsmith making that year two jump. What else happens? And with T.J. Watt, the contract situation that everyone is going to want to know about that uh, as you know, practice kicks off tomorrow. And then I think the secondary, there's a lot of unknowns uh, with the loss of Mike Hilton, Steve Nelson, uh, a lot of tinkering that will be done, a lot of young guys who are going to have opportunities. So I, I think there is plenty to watch and try to figure out as Cam gets started. So let's get to the, uh, the part about Ingram. Uh, late in the game signing, Guy that's really had a had a terrific run at it with the Chargers until obviously last year. Uh, right. What do you think about that signing and uh, and the possibility of him playing opposite T.J. Watt? I really like the signing. Um, I think the Steelers and I think other teams did it too. You know, this was a very different free agency due to the low salary cap, and it is crazy that there's still guys that will probably be on a team soon. Um, 
sitting at home, not signed with the team. I think a lot of um, you know team executives foresaw that happening. I know the Steelers president Arnie the second said you know even in January or February, like this is just going to be a weird off season because everybody wants to know what's going to happen. Um, you know, guys want big contracts. I think it's kind of like the Juju Smith-Schuster situation where did he get the long-term big deal that he wanted? No, but was it smart for him to come back to Pittsburgh in an offense that he knows with a quarterback that he knows? Um, yeah, it probably makes sense in terms of his longevity in the league. So um, I, I like the Ingram signing. I'm excited to see what he looks like. I saw he did an interview with NFL Network, said he's in great shape, so We'll see tomorrow, starting tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see starting tomorrow. I also think he brings some versatility and creates some versatility in that defense. Do you see the same thing? Yeah, I mean, he definitely can play both sides and even the rover position. And I know that, you know, he made it well known that he was excited because of getting a chance to play for Coach Tomlin. And Coach Tomlin and the Steelers staff, I think it was Ingram's first year at the Pro Bowl, the first year he was a Pro Bowler, was when the Steelers staff coached the AFC. And Coach Tomlin is all about those relationships. You know, uh, Joe Hayden, somebody that he got to know in the pre-draft process when they were looking at Marquise Pouncey. There's always a backstory in terms of how Coach Tomlin knows somebody or something he remembers about them. Um, and maybe they end up crossing paths. Maybe they don't. But I think maybe that you know also played a role into it as well. And clearly they were on the hunt for adding another guy there at outside linebacker. All right, so now let's get to the, the first two picks, Harris and Pat Fryermuth. We'll go with the, the Penn State guy first. Might as, well go with the, might as well go with the guy I personally know. Uh, yeah. And, and that's Pat. Um, what do you see his potential to be within? Now, it's going to take anybody a time to work their way in to do this, although Pat's relatively mature. Uh, but what do you think about the kind of role he can fill for them in the offense? I mean, I think a two tight end set, you know, the Steelers have had issues in terms of utilizing a tight end how I think they would want to um, since Heath Miller retired. There's been some guys they've brought in that have not panned out. Obviously, Vance McDonald was very close with Ben Roethlisberger and somebody that, you know, was not afraid to block, not afraid to be physical. Um, and then he retired this offseason. So I think for Fryer moves, I, I think he has every opportunity under the sun to prove himself you know he comes with the college resume of being a red zone threat um you know fits the prototypical size and you know he told us numerous times since he's been drafted you know he likes to catch he likes to block he likes to be you know an all-around tight end so i think you know the sky can be the limit for him if he can prove himself and stand out you know starting with these practices all right, now the running game. The running game was not productive last year. They went first round. Uh, how anxious are you to watch uh, how this plays out? I mean, you know, I had a chance to interview in person Najee Harris soon after he signed his contract. And, you know, you read the stats, you see him play, you see him on video. Um, but then when you see him in person, you're like, wow, you you are a big back Um and even just, you know, from the time of rookie minicamp OTA is really when they got to minicamp and they were able to do a little bit more in terms of the NFL rules as a team, the 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11, seven, 11 11, just how he operates in terms of, you know, the individual drills that he's doing with just running backs. He's, he's the real deal. And, I you know, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't just – 
go all in at first. It's a rookie, but I, I think his college resume obviously helps. And then just the fact that his running backs coach, Eddie Faulkner, here in Pittsburgh, has already said the problem with Najee is getting him to turn it off, you know, telling him to go home, even if it's just <laughs> watching film. This is a guy that's a workaholic um, who loves the game of football. And even the weekend of the draft, he, you know, drafted on Thursday night, took a red eye, flew to Pittsburgh, went through the media gauntlet, and they were supposed to go out to dinner. And he told the running back coach, like, well, let's just watch a little bit film, a little bit of film before we go, you know, and it's, that's just the kind of guy he is. So um, I think everybody is hopeful that he is going to rejuvenate this run game that I think the past two years really has been an issue and that everybody has made known it needs to get fixed. Obviously, last year did not take a step in the right direction. So hopefully uh, he can really help the Steelers do that this year. What can he mean potentially to Ben Roethlisberger? It can mean Ben has more options. You know, Ben doesn't have to sling it. Ben doesn't have to do too much, perhaps. Um, and I think it just makes them a more balanced offense. The non-predictability is, you know, what everybody has been the buzzword of the offseason, of, you know, not it not being obvious what they're going to do. It was even with, you know, when Le'Veon Bell was here, you knew they were going to run it, but you knew that you were going to have a hard time stopping him. And I think that's what Najee Harris will hopefully bring to the Steelers' offense. Okay, so now you get to the defensive side of it. Uh, when you look at the secondary, especially in today's game with so many nickel and dime packages, can the Steelers be competent in nickel and dime packages based on the current personnel they have? I think that's their plan. I think that's, you know, a sub package is really where I think even globally, to, to quote Coach Tomlin, as he likes to say, is where things have been going. Um, but, I, you know, I do think Mike Hilton was a big loss for the Steelers. I'm not saying it, the defense is going to crumble. Uh, you're also getting back Devin Bush, who is hopefully going to be at 100%, which, you know, he missed 11 games last year. And that still plays into what they were able to do. Um, and just the way that Mike Hilton uh, blitzed, you know, he was just a very unique player. I do think that, you know, Joe Hayden still being there, the veteran savvy guy. Yes. This is now the third year with Hayden, Terrell Edmonds, yeah. and Mika Fitzpatrick. That means something. Um and I think, you know, Minka is just one of those guys that everyone, you know, wants. To, it's the turnovers, but it's just how smart he is and how he can help set the defense, you know, especially from the back end um, and helping and just the continuity with TJ and those guys. Stefan Tuitt had a great year. Cam Hayward's still here. I, I do think that there are some young guys and even some undrafted guys that are going to get a chance to show what they can do. And like you said, Melvin Ingram, that does bring another dimension to what they could potentially do depending on how he's going to fit in with this defense. So I, there is uncertainty, yes, but I think this is where you figure it out, right? And with a preseason this year, unlike last year, I think that will also make a huge difference. Uh, any thought on the decision, which, by the way, was prompted by the NFL, uh, to um, um, have this at Heinz Field and at, at the at the practice complex and not in Latrobe? I mean, the Steelers really don't have much to do with this, but no Latrobe. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's it's a bummer, especially for the Latrobe area. Anybody that's been out to training camp knows that it, it's insane how many people come out just to watch practice. But there's, you know, 
the grassy hill, Chucknell Stadium seating, um, and then it's just the boom that it brings to the Latrobe area, the restaurants, the bars, um, just the local community and how much that helps them. So, you know, I think last year everybody kind of understood that that was going to be extremely difficult. Um, it was just a different world in 2020. But this year, I, you know, I, I think the Steelers' statement that uh, Bert Loudon put out there kind of you know, said what I think a lot of people feel is that they're very disappointed that it's not in Latrobe and they had safety measures and everything put in place to try to do it. I, I do think, you know, the flip side in terms of Heinz Field, guys are sleeping in their own beds. Uh, yep. Not that they were sleeping on, like, tiny dorm room, you know, beds. Let's be honest, they brought beds in, too. So, um, but still, you know, there's just something about being around each other 24-7, essentially, and then the difference is, you know, you're still around your family when you're in Pittsburgh. I'm going to allow you to rest your voice. Thank, Thank you. you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right. A little tea, a little bit of lemon. You'll be good. All right. Well, thanks to you and Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Missy. Appreciate it. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. I really respect how he's done this. He is he's stuck with Milwaukee. Now is he getting paid really well? Yeah, but you know what? He's he's worked himself both in how his body is now structured compared to where he was when he first came into the league. And his game, while not perfect, has really matured. And when he had a chance to leave, he stayed. And he, this is not a guy that this is not a guy that that sits out. Load management. Uh, this guy believed in what they're doing. You know, I, I give Giannis a lot of credit. It's his moment. But he made this moment. And uh, he was great at the free throw line last night, which you know doesn't usually happen, but when they needed it, he did. Uh, Florida State legendary coach, terminal health condition, Bobby Bowden, 91 years old. Um, he was... Diagnosed with a terminal medical condition. They confirmed it. Uh, he says, uh, Ann and our family have uh, been uh, life's greatest blessing. I'm at peace. So, uh, Bobby Bowden, whatever the condition is, um, it is, it is terminal. I've talked to Bobby Bowden a couple times in my career. Uh, you know, a couple times in interview situations, but one of them was in a really casual situation. I was uh, down at the, uh, to do the Gator Bowl basketball tournament in Jacksonville, and the Florida State football team was going to play West Virginia in the Gator Bowl football game. And we were staying in the same hotel, the Sheridan 
at Jacksonville Beach. And I got to the hotel. I flew in commercially. I got to the hotel, and the basketball team was already at the tournament banquet. So I thought, well, I'm not going to just throw my stuff and take a cab to the tournament banquet. I don't even know where the tournament banquet is. So, yeah, I got my stuff, threw it in there, and I go down to the lobby, and Bobby Bowden's sitting there. So, I mean, I sat down. I was waiting for John Grant to come down. Uh, and then John and I were going to get dinner. And I probably sat there and talked to Bobby Bowden for a half an hour. He loved the fact that I knew Joe. He loved Joe. Um, and told some great stories. And just was just an easygoing individual to talk to. The way you see him on TV. He's, you know, same guy. So, 91 years old. 91 years old. Uh, but, you know, whatever the condition is, is terminal, but they haven't said how advanced it is, so I don't know. But that's uh, one of the stories uh, right now. The U.S. women's soccer team lost today, opening round to Sweden in uh, pool play. Uh, remember in 2000, now it's four, they had one with 44 in a row. Remember in 2008 in Beijing, they lost to Norway in the opener 2-0 and still won the gold medal. The key is to get back into uh, gear, be good enough to advance out of the pool, and then in the knockout round, just win. So that's why you don't panic after something like that. And then there's the Deion Sanders deal. Did you see this one? I did, yeah. He needs to get over himself, please. Because somebody in a press conference referred to him as Dion. He said, he said, you, you know, he says, you wouldn't call Nick, uh, Nick Saban Nick. Actually, Nick Saban, as somebody who has interviewed Nick Saban, now back when he was with Michigan State, by the way, you can call him Nick. He doesn't mind. Yeah. You can call him coach. You can call him Nick. Whatever. I can tell you that just from experience. Where he came up with that, I don't know. I, I, I guess he wants to be referred to as Coach Prime. I mean, to me, his argument is with his parents. Alex, how does Nick Saban like to be addressed? I responded just about anything. I've been called just about everything Saban said. <laughs> said it's not something that's very important to me. I mean, I mean it's interesting. In, in my class, I have students will send me notes, Professor Jones, Mr. Jones, things like that. I always tell them right away, first thing right out of the gate, call me Steve. That's my name. No big deal. All right. Now, we have to refer to him as the suit is highness, but everybody has their own idiosyncrasies. <laughs> <laughs>